baby where we started now we on to something new let me introduce you to some of the fresh crew hollywood jack get a leader of the pack cory iron man ramsey coming in stack robin with the y chilling in the nest holding down the crew can't forget the rest Queen of Queens carrying, yeah, she taking no mess. Bring your A game, cause there ain't none less. Paco last minute standing, yeah, you know how it goes. Rounding out the best, JV to the pros. We are back with JV to the pros, season three, episode 14. I'm Jack Pecchio with my partner, the man who keeps it all together, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Reliable, the Iron Man of Broadcasting, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. Joe DiMaggio, eat your heart out. <laughs> Lou Gehrig is sitting there going, what's keeping them together? And we have our, our, our technical genius, who is completely solely responsible for the echo you hear. Man, is the last man standing, mostly sitting, is Paco. hi <laughs> Can you do it weaker than that? Do it, do it like... Hi yo, hi yo. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hola. So let's let's talk about what's gone on this last week. Obviously, I'm going to save mine for last because I had a big milestone to talk about. Paco, anything interesting outside my milestone that happened to you this week? Uh, nothing at all. Just stayed home and relaxed. Oh, I got vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, Corey. So, yeah. so Paco gets vaccinated. He gets the Johnson and Johnson, you know? Yeah. He gets the big Johnson. He yeah. gets the big Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I come home from work at two in the morning and I put the TV on to kind of wind down and relax. And I see an interruption of television that says, breaking news, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine has had problems across the country. And they're talking about fevers. They're talking about leg leg pain. They're talking about trouble breathing. Well, guess what's been pulled off the market today? Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine has been stopped. And those scheduled to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine could do Moderna or Vi- Pfizer because Johnson & Johnson is no longer vaccinating because the Johnson & Johnson vaccine appears to have come in short. Wow. That's that is. Now, how do you feel, Paco? Wow, I didn't have any sound effects actually. Yeah, well, anything with "ow" <laughs> will work. But yeah, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine uh, is um, kind of falling by the wayside. You remember our concern about the fact that they put these vaccines together so quickly, and yes. that previously the fastest vaccine was developed in a four-year span after much research and development. And this time it was about four months and they got these things out there as quickly as they could. But the Johnson and Johnson single, single shot is being recalled as ineffective. So Baco, you may actually have to, you may actually have to do a first and second shot with Pfizer or Moderna. Well, I have to find out. I mean, um, because once you have well, this, while fit- we're doing the show, you can pull it up on Google. It's it's all over. The, it's the first story on CBS News tonight that Johnson and Johnson has had to pull those vaccines. They are they are having all sorts of trouble with them. Question, Jack, uh, with Johnson and Johnson, 
how did they jump in then with the other uh, vaccines? Uh, what did they do? Do you know what happened with them? I don't know what happened, but they're saying that the, the, the side effects have been shortness of breath, pain in the legs, um, cramping, uh, bad headaches, fevers. I mean, basically everything you're trying to avoid by getting the shot that <laughs> Johnson & Johnson has given you. <laughs> so am I to conclude, and understand this is just me and I'm asking more or less. So is Johnson & Johnson, is that kind of just like the leftover vaccine for people? So in other words, the Pfizer and the other one, they got their... So you get the best of the lot. So is this kind of like I'm going to the worst supermarket and getting the leftover meat? Yeah, is this that, is, is that what that is. <laughs> yeah, this is like um, like if you were to go to a pool hall called Scratches, <laughs> or if you were to go to like a, a poultry place called Salmonella. This is yeah, just terrible. That's <laughs> and that's the one that's open up to everybody, right? Yeah, John. Johnson, they yes. okay. Anybody want to? Yeah, come on and get it. We're getting oh. from the government. Come on in. We got they got uh, George Gray from Price is Right. Come on down. Wow. Yeah, Johnson Johnson. If you pull it up on your computers while we're doing the show, they're in all sorts of trouble with these vaccines. They're actually going to have to dispose of of these vaccines. And um, Paco got the single shot, which I. I thought when, when I saw him on Sunday, I was like, wow, that's fantastic. And then I, I realized that uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, there was a concern. I didn't bring it up when we saw each other at dinner on Sunday, Paco. But then tonight I'm watching the news and they're like, okay, well, these are being pulled off and people who are scheduled to get Johnson Johnson vaccines move to the front of the line. You can get, you can get the shots. So, you know, I mean, the good thing is it didn't cost you anything. Bad thing is it may cost you everything. <laughs> Great. Well, so, maybe once that gets out of his system, he can get the other the other kind of shot. I don't know how it works. I don't know how long you have to wait. Because, Paco, you just got it in the last week, right? I got it on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, the only people that seem to be having problems are people who have, like, you know, um, a high body fat content. How are you doing in that department? Not too shabby. No, you're you're winning. Not, not too shabby or not too flabby. <laughs> <laughs> Who says I don't have jokes? <laughs> Paco, you gotta you gotta look it up, you know, uh, about the Johnson Johnson because you're gonna have to find out how long um after you've gotten the Johnson Johnson, can you switch switch gears and and get Pfizer or Moderna? Right. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. That's no, it's it's frightening. Really not cool. And it's and it's proof that they really did rush this thing. Now, you know, without without burying the hatchet too deeply, Paco will do his his research on that. How about you, Corey? Anything big happened this past week? Not a whole lot. So uh, Robin with the Y will be coming back this week. And that's about it. Let's back see. in from I, Alabama. Yes. Now I did attend something. This segues into your thing. I did have an event that I went to. You went to an event. You want to talk about that? 
yeah, I you know that was kind of the my big news of the week. I mean, you know, I I, I actually I forgot about about it because I I had landed another movie. I was gonna we'll talk about that next week, but um, uh, yeah, I turned sixty, and um, you know, producer Karen uh, put together you know select friends and and family, you know, and my buddy Paulie is absolutely family. And he and his wife and his son showed up with his girlfriend and and my buddy Ralph and his wife uh, Susan, who apparently they were they were the talk of the party after they left because they were talking about the fact that they have a, a 30 year old and a 28 year old or 27 year old. And Ralph's wife Susan, first of all, looks about as preserved as she would have ever looked at 18 or 20 years old. She doesn't look like she's aged a day in all those years. I mean, just, just an unbelievable figure and no lines on her face, just stunning. And I mean, just, she has the youth, the youth look about her. So they leave and everybody was thinking, okay, that must be the second wife, the trophy wife, as Californians like to say. And, um, and he probably had the kids with the other wife. And I had to assure everybody that, you know, she's not in her 30s. She's in her 40s and um, at least 45. I know that. And well, she must be at least 45. She's not 30-year-old. And, um, and I said, okay. So she just happens to look fantastic. But Karen put together a great, a great party with everybody gathered and um, and I'll tell you, I asked Paco, Paco, did you forget anything? As far as I know, we had, I... The, we had the party on Sunday, April 11th, and my birthday was <coughs> Monday, April 12th. And um, I'm just one second, Corey, Corey, you got to let it out. <laughs> Corey's trying not to laugh into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Let know you're going to explode soon enough. Clear. You're going to explode. I'm fine, guys. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's like an M&M away from exploding. <laughs> so I said to Paco, did you forget anything? Because we did talk at the party, had a great time, right? Yes. Now, Paco? Did you forget anything? I don't know. No, no. Do you think you forgot anything? Well, you're talking to me about it, so it sounds like I did forget something. Okay. I set it up with Paco for Monday, April 12th. I wanted to get together with him and do a little photo shoot of how (sighs) his eyes light up like Jackie Gleason on the honeymoon. Jesus. I said, let's do a little photo shoot of how very fit 60 could look. Remember this, Paco? Yeah, you, I do remember the photo okay. shoot. Right? Okay, so Monday comes, and today is Tuesday when we do the show, and I spoke to Paco 7 o'clock this morning, and I said, did you forget anything? And he said, no. I said, you didn't forget anything. He goes, no. All right, I'll talk to you tonight. He goes, did I forget something? Yeah, we were going to do a photo shoot for at least a couple of hours on my birthday because I was turning 60 and we thought we'd have some fun 
with how good 60 could look. Do you remember this? No, now that you mentioned it, yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. So, Corey, do you remember about a year ago, we had a little chat with Paco about boundaries and about, you know, making sure you stay on your side of the fence type of thing? Yes, okay. I do remember that. My buddy Ralph's wife, Susan, is an absolute sweetheart. what I do? And I didn't offend her, did I? I did. That's you, why she left. You want me to tell the story? So we had to talk with Paco about boundaries, right? And Susan, Susan is wearing a mask and she's wearing gloves. So she's moving the mask just briefly to sip her iced tea or whatever. And then she's putting that mask right back on. She is really protecting herself. She's freaked out by the whole COVID thing. So I introduced Paco to Ralph and Susan. And Paco's sitting across the table from them. And we're chatting and I'm telling a couple of anecdotes and funny stories from over the years. And Paco lifts his glass to do cheers and clink glasses with Susan. And Susan holds her glass up and pulls it back. And what do you think Paco does? He holds his glass higher and says, come on. All right. And she says, I'm not doing it. I'm not tapping glasses. She's all bundled over, protected, and everything. And I got to say, I've really never looked at Susan like this. But everybody pointed out how absolutely stunning she looked. I mean, she probably had a 22 inch waist and an incredible figure. I just never looked at her that way. She's just my buddy Ralph's wife, who I play practical jokes on from time to time. Probably could you don't look at her that way. That's probably I don't know. I just I just never did. I don't know. I mean, you know. Oh, that's a good thing. Keep doing that. Yeah. So so Paco, Paco is trying to get her to clink glasses, and she's not doing. And Paco is trying to use peer pressure. Come on. (laughs) And I I had to rein him in, Paco. She's not touching anything. (laughs) I think it's time to take this young man out again. I I think it's it's time. I I think it's time. I think it's time. I think what we'll do as soon as we get we get a little free time, we take that young man out. And um, I mean, he's a rock star when you take him out. He's unstoppable for some reason. I don't know. It's like his alter ego. You know, he's Harvey Weinstein when you take him out. (laughs) Uh, You might not want to say that. (laughs) He's completely inappropriate, and he's like a movie producer. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. He's not the way to go. I'll put it this way. I mean, he's very forward. He's very forward, and he's just not inhibited at all when we take him out. He got a couple of drinks in him, and all of a sudden, he was like a Kutrapali on uh, Big Bang Theory. Let That's me talk the to you about something. <laughs> that might be the problem that he's not inhibited. I think maybe you got to <laughs> to rein that in a little bit. So well, I seemed to hit it off with Jen last time when I was out there in North Park. All right, and we well, named it up too. All right. And then, and, and then and then we overwatered the flower until we killed the seed. We didn't let it grow. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't your fault. It was we happened to have a little, you know, unexpected, uh, you know, guest who's overstaying his welcome. 
Can anybody guess who that person is? Who is that? That's Corona. I don't think that's what did it. I think this 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 doused a long time before Corona. No, this was like a month out before the lockdowns. You may have been the first one to get the Corona alert because she, because I think that she stopped returning those calls long before the pandemic was in place. <laughs> you just you just went too aggressive. You didn't wait for the fish to bite the hook and and come to you a little bit. You chased it around the ocean. <laughs> You got you got to just calm down. You got to calm down. We live in a state in which two thirds of the population are women. They will come to the men. It'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we All got right. some topics. We got some topics tonight, right? What do we got? Yeah. We got yeah. Get off that one because that's <laughs> dangerous ground. Now, some dangerous now that we missed the opportunity to do the photo shoot. When Paco completely forgot all about it. No call, no not, no show, nothing. I'm sorry, Jack. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I actually was working that day. So it make me feel better. We had we had made arrangements weeks in advance. I'm sorry, Jack. It was just I forgot. Paco, I'm gonna turn sixty again. It's okay. Okay. Well you turn hundred and twenty. I'll I'll make sure to be there on that day, okay? All right, thank you. All right. Uh, all right, so what do we got going on? Well, look, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, right, we were talking about shootings. We were talking about um, different things going on, and we had this debate on, you know, what should happen with guns. And then it's interesting, then we turn around. Yesterday, we have, what, three incidents with guns? One in California, one right here in Orange County in a... Um, office building and a few people were, uh, were killed. Another one in Tennessee at a school where a kid fired off a gun. He was taken into custody. And then of course, the worst of it, uh, well, they're all bad, but the, uh, the one that's really hit national attention is the Minnesota shooting by the police officer. Yeah, that, you know, I'll tell you what, um, have you ever felt a taser gun, even though they kind of look like a gun. Have you ever felt, have you ever handled one? Yes, I have. Okay. They're a different weight. Yes. They're a different weight. If someone gives me a baseball and it's at a round or it's at a size, the moment I've pitched enough innings that I know if I got a baseball, that's not the right weight. And for him to grab that taser gun or think he's grabbing the taser gun and grab his his holstered gun and shoot this guy. It's a different weapon. Now, well, now that officer in Minnesota, up. that couldn't well, have happened at a worse time. Well, let's back up for a moment. It wasn't a he, it was a she that did it. And sorry. she was standing behind people. I watched the uh, the video. She's standing behind people. And she's yelling, taser, 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 and then shoots him. And then uh, she says, oh, curses, oh, bleep, I just shot him. So it's like, you don't know the difference between, you don't know where your gun is. First, You know, this, this reminds me of the Fruitvale Station issue. You remember the movie Fruitvale Station? I never saw 
I never with, saw uh, Michael B. I Jordan, right? That brought Michael B. Jordan to start him to become Creed. But um, okay. it's a true story of the kid on the subway platform and the cop claimed he grabbed the wrong gun and the taser was on one side of his hip and the his gun was on the other. And he ends up shooting this kid to death on the subway platform, claiming he was trying to taser him. It's a different weight weapon. It's a different feeling weapon. It's a different dimension weapon. It's a different weapon. Well, here's the other thing. We're not talking about some rookie here. We're talking about a 26 year police veteran who, by the way, was training an officer when she did what she did. Officer Kim or former, I should say former police officer, Kim Potter, because she resigned before she could get yeah, fired. Yeah, she resigned, yeah. But with the Derek Chevin thing going on, right there down the block. I mean, this couldn't have been a worse time at a worse spot. At a, I mean, just, I just can't believe she didn't recognize the difference in handling that weapon as opposed to her service gun. Well, Jack, we've talked that we talked a lot about this stuff last year. And at some point, other people in America are going to have to acknowledge that there is a difference between the way Caucasians are treated by the police and the way African-Americans on the whole are treated by police. Well, I think I think I, I completely agree with you that there's a two-tiered system of justice in America. I think um, when we look at this, um, I, I'm going to say he was a lieutenant, but I may be wrong. He might be a sergeant. The military guy that was pulled over in Virginia and the body cam footage, this guy was being completely cooperative. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? If that were myself, a white male, I don't think they would be up in arms like they were. They were pointing that gun at his head as he yeah. begged them to just holster the weapon. His hands were out, fingers extended, and he's basically begging them not to kill him. And yeah, you're right. There's a two-tiered system of justice in America without a doubt. And so until something is done, unfortunately, this is going to keep happening. Well, we keep saying that, but the solution as to what, first of all, education, you and I both agree that yes. if they're made aware of this, but the other thing is, unfortunately, they're generally pulling over the lo lower socioeconomic people who are generally those that are, that are either black or Hispanic who are fighting harder to rise up. So they're they're the ones getting pulled over more than white people. That's that's the fact. certainly and the locations and you know location matters. All right, and I told this story before last year. I was coming home from the gym late at night, and I did not have my wallet. I left. I had forgot my wallet. Forgot my new insurance card and my new registration uh, card, all at home. And I actually uh, did the whole roll through a stop sign and the police officer uh, stops me. He had every right to impound my car. Thank God he didn't. 
But you know what? Both hands were on the wheel. I looked at him, sir. I mean, I didn't move, but he was very nice. And I had one of the good ones and he let me go. And I said, yes, sir, I forgot about it. I gave him my, ad my address and he said, okay, you know what? You went through the stop sign, be very careful. He didn't even give me a So there are, that story because there are police officers out there. True, but you know what? If the same exact thing happens to me, mm -hmm. I, there's nothing in my mind that is telling me to put my hands on the steering wheel. Honestly, if I got pulled over, I might be digging in the glove box to get my insurance and stuff when he gets there. And uh, unfortunately, there are many parts of America where if a black man is doing that, he may end up being shot. Yeah, it's, it's look, I was with friends years ago. Uh, this is the East Coast. And my friend, I won't say his name, one of my oldest friends, he reached for the glove compartment uh, quick and the police officer pulled his weapon. So, I mean, no. we got lucky. Now, of course, I knew better. My friend, who was also black, should have known not to reach for something that quickly. I mean, I listen, it's a bad thing, but it is fact. We have to teach our young black men and black uh, gals to be very, very careful when you are stopped by the police because it is volatile. Now, and, now Corey, here's the flip side. We yes. just had a SWAT standoff here in San Diego this morning at San yes. Diego High School. And the person that they, they had surrounded, they actually had him pinned in a dumpster uh, at San Diego High School. This guy, on two occasions had shot at people trying to apprehend him. He tried to shoot at an officer about a week ago, and they finally tracked this guy down because he's, he's bad news, he's trouble. And mm -hmm. there's the flip side of it, is they approach a car, and I think they approached this guy's car. Somebody else was driving, and this guy was in the backseat and made a run for it, shooting at the officer. This is the other problem when they approach these cars, is they could be... They could be having their lives handed to them because you got some wanted felon in the back seat who's not going to be taken alive. The bottom line is this guy in a dumpster with a hostage started doing drugs in the dumpster until he got so high, he had no more drugs left, pulled out his weapon, and they killed him. They had to kill him. I mean, yeah. he opened up the top of the dumpster and he went out in a blaze of glory. He's dead. But this is the other side of what cops deal with all the time they deal sure. with this. It's terror. It's terrible. The thing is, though, when you're dealing with people that are unarmed and you're shooting unarmed people, and I'm saying, and look, like, why are you shooting him? And the first, the first excuse was, oh, well, you know what? Um, it looked like there was something hanging from his uh, uh, rearview mirror, which was an air freshener. I mean, are you right. kidding me? Why are you even pulling your weapon for something like that? And I believe in law and order, but this is ridiculous. I mean, and so she knew Kim Potter, I'm going to say her name again, former officer Kim Potter, she knew to quit because they were going to fire her ass anyway. And, they, and we'll see what happens 
Because now there needs to be some sort of civil suit or maybe even criminal. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, officers have officers have a tough job. I mean, they just they just have a, a I mean, they're not just police officers, they're referees, they're counselors, they are friends, they're members of the community, and their lives are on the line every time they go on patrol. It's it's a difficult job that doesn't pay what what they risk. I feel for unfortunately, them. Unfortunately, also someone who shoots, harms, or kills an officer is regarded as a hero in jail if they're a cop killer. Well, so I mean, I can't speak on, I mean, I can't speak on jail, but the thing is, and I, I feel for the police officers, but I mean, you shot a kid. You killed a kid. Yeah. And you're a 26-year-old, you're a 26-year veteran. And I'm sorry, you have to know better. And you have, and you take, you are sworn and you have the power of life and death. There's only two jobs like that. And that's law enforcement and that is military that has the power of life and death. I, and you so know, you and I are on the same page with this. I think, I think this is an inexcusable set of events with this Kim, with this officer Kim, I do think um, after 26 years, it's not like she just started handling the gun. She knows exactly to the ounce what that gun weighs. She knows exactly what the taser gun weighs. Yes. You know the weight. You know the weight of your gun. And if they train them any, any way like they do, even remotely like the military, you can even guess, even with a revolver, you can almost guess um, how many rounds you have in your gun by the weight. You get to yeah. know it. For yeah. years. You get to know it that well. And like yeah. I was, I, I, I'll give you an example. I, you know, I, I um, before the, the party on Sunday, I pitched. Mm -hmm. We brought ball into the game and I spun it in my hand behind my back. And this isn't a magic trick. But I've pitched 100,000 innings in my life, you know, and I spun it in my hand behind my back. I stepped off the rubber. I looked at it and there was a stitch broken. And that's just a thread. And I asked for a new ball because the, obviously sure, you sure, sure. have that ball in the game. But I recognized something was wrong with the way the ball spun. And she should know her weapon that well. She knew, she knew her weapon. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to take this great leap. She knew what we have to say, and we have to not be afraid to say it in general, is that a lot of people are scared of African-Americans. And we need to just say it. We need to be honest and say it. You see an African-American, you have fear. Whatever you're a police officer, whatever you're working in a 7-Eleven, you have the fear. We need to start saying that and being honest with ourselves. Hey, look, you know, you're a black guy. I'm a white guy. I wanted to do this remotely way before the pandemic because I'm afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You actually got a, you actually got a reaction out of, uh, out of Paco. Yeah, he stopped watching TV long enough. <laughs> He's paying attention to the show. He should be scribbling down exactly where to put the drops 
but instead he's watching like Scooby or something. <laughs> Actually, watching CNN right now. In most okay. cases, in most cases, Jack, um, you are. I mean, you've got me by what about twenty pounds at least. I hope not, but I'm about no. But I'll, I'll just say, just for the sake of argument, I mean, you're you're a big man. All right, I'm about thirty-five. What are you? What's that? I'm a, I'm about I'm about two twenty, two twenty-five. Okay, so I got fifteen pounds on you. All right, so fifteen. So I was close. Yeah, we're not small people. We're not small. Right. People. But what my my point is this: going somewhere. I don't think it's a great leap to say that most people were probably be, initially would probably be more scared of me than you, simply because of the color of my skin, even and, though you're and, a bigger guy. Yeah, and the and the hair plug thing. Yeah, that too. Well, that's, why have, <laughs> that's why I have my hat on. Um, the Rutgers hat is not on, but you got a hat on. <laughs> no, but I have my fraternity hat on. So if anybody's listening, tall kappa, tall kappa epsilon teak. I'm wearing my tea cat today. Now, now, did you ever did you ever live in Jersey? Did I live in New Jersey? Yes. What part? South Jersey. We moved from Philadelphia uh, to the because my uh, my mother especially wanted the Catholic schools. I mean, so what, 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 what town in what town in Jersey? Atco. Atco. Yeah, so that's about thirty miles from Atlantic City. Okay, all right. Just, just curious. I, I thought maybe you didn't spend all your time in Philly. Um, so no, and, and uh, now the school that I that I went to the high school was actually closer to Philly. The school that I went to high school was only what? Somebody will probably correct me. Maybe about eight miles. Well, wait, 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 wait. Give a shout out. What high school did you go to? Paul Six High School in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Okay. All right. So, no, so getting, back to, getting back to what we were saying, you and yeah. I are guys. I'm a little bigger than you are. But, yeah, I think people would be a little more on edge, you know, in regard to you than me because I generally walk around with a smile on my face all the time. Yeah. The interesting thing is you and I can get on one side of a seesaw and put Paco on the other side. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably be like... You know, and that'll balance things out. <laughs> it will balance it. All, All right. right. What, was, what was the other thing in Austin you would you were? I mean, I I well, didn't have to speak to you was rehearsing. Well, you have um, you have a, a Knoxville police officer who was uh, hospitalized following that shooting. It was a shooting at Austin he East High School, and that's where the the kid had a gun in the bathroom and was firing off a gun. Now, here's the thing about Austin East community. You know, they've had five shootings this year alone. Wait, 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 that school or in America? No, in that area and that school. So January 27th, a 15 year old was shot and killed from the back seat of the car uh, pretty much down the street from the school. February 12th, 16-year-old East Austin uh, student fatally shot as he was driving home from the school. February 16th, 15-year-old uh, Austin East student shot and killed near a home on uh, Selma Ave. March 9th, 15-year-old kid died in a shooting. 
police said he had been missing uh, since October, and then this last one yesterday. Wow. So we've had a bunch of shootings in that area dealing with that school and students. Now, I've done some research, of course, and the police say, oh, you know what? They're not connected. Remember that song from the 90s, Things That Make You Go Hmm? Yeah. Things uh, That Make You Go Hmm. The, I mean, I, I'm having flashbacks to like Fort, Fort Hood all over again. Like, when yeah, you have, yeah. If it, if it quacks like a duck. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I mean, it's like, um, I, I, I didn't realize they had all that going on. I'm not going to start on my, you know, mentality of the Southeast rant. But, uh, you know, but I mean, that quadrant of America is not bragging about their SAT scores. I can tell you that. I don't know what's going on there because I'll tell you what, people in Tennessee, Oklahoma, and that are, they grow up around guns. Guns are not a big deal. You know, they just grow up around guns. They go hunting and, and stuff. I mean, you know, you talk about people in Arkansas and stuff, going hunting is a pretty normal thing. It's not something that all of a sudden comes into their life and revitalizes them in a new way. Guns are oh, yeah. a normal yeah. part of life there. Yeah, I mean, look, my my in-laws, I mean, they hunt, all of them hunt, all of them. Big time hunters. Big time hunters, outdoorsmen, um, you know, have all Your the in-laws guns. are in Alabama, right? Um, no, not all of them. Some of them are uh, uh, Connecticut, uh, some are, some in-laws, Texas, Surprise, surprise. Uh, I mean, so they're kind of scattered, but the serious gun. I mean, yeah, I know. Texas, you Alabama. Go surprise, so, surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but big time gun people, you know, and I can handle myself around guns and I'll talk to them and I'm like, wow, you know more than I do. Well, you know, it's like um, Karen's, Karen's um, twin boys both grew up around guns. They know guns inside and out. And her one twin son, Stephen, literally walked into a gun shop, talked to the guy for about five minutes, and the guy quickly knew or realized that Stephen knew everything about everything about guns. He knew everything. So he could just go to work in that gun shop, no problem. Are you? He came out here, the boys came out here on a visit, and Tyler and Stephen went into a gun shop in Curry Mesa, San Diego, which is like the middle of town. And they walked into this gun shop, began chatting it up with the gun shop owner. And these guys didn't even realize the boys were going back to New York. They were just doing a visit. And this guy's offering them a job. I mean, he um, realized they know their guns. I have know? a question. I, I have a question. Is uh, Karen an uh, Aerosmith fan? Why are you far away and dreaming? Um, by the name of the children? Well, they were going to be, they were, since they were twins, they almost got named David and Lee, but um, okay. they went with Stephen and Tyler. The reason I, I always say Tyler first is because mm -hmm. I, I don't like the fact that Tyler is like, like second. His name is always second. People always say oh the whole family goes Stephen and Tyler, Stephen and Tyler. And I right. always try to put his name first. I think he should have the headline and he just hasn't. People are just used to saying the name like Steven Tyler. But yeah, she's a she's a big Aerosmith fan. And she's she's a rocker chick. She's a rocker no, chick. Cool. That's, you know? that's, I love it. I, I you know, who would have guessed you know, she would marry a disco guy? 
she's hating that. <laughs> it's not interested and, in the at all. <laughs> I don't know if you saw quickly before. I know we've got to take a break here. I don't know if you saw quickly um, on Facebook that uh, I put on there about different albums. So there's a bunch of people that I knew that I went to high school with that jumped in and weighed in about the albums. Yeah, the albums, I got some flack about it too. What were you, what were you getting flack about? Oh, it wasn't flack. People were putting in their, uh, their albums. And one thing I'll tell you that was um, pretty much across the board from me that people liked one was uh, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. There's a lot of people. Oh, that... yeah, we, we all blew that one. We didn't uh, mention that. Yes, another one that everyone seemed to uh, like was Carol King, Tapestry. I'm, that was my number one. Yeah. Well, that, that was one... my number one. I think, I think maybe one of the five greatest albums ever, ever put together. I, you and I talked about it, about how every song on that album was a hit song. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's the uh, 50th anniversary of that album. This year. Yeah, Tapestry turned 50 years old. 71, yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's just remarkable. You know, it's just, I mean, it's remarkable to think the Munich thing was 50 years ago. The 72 men's basketball team being ripped off by, um, by the Olympics. When they in that basketball game with, with the four seconds and they kept putting time back on the clock until the Americans lost, those guys have never picked up those medals for second place, and they've got they've all got it in their will that no one is to ever pick up those medals. They won the gold, and they were completely. But that was fifty years ago. You'd think about um, Dorothy Hamill, forty-five years ago, Bruce Jenner, forty-five years ago. Yeah. It's amazing. Nadia Komenich. Yeah. Yeah. First 10 before Bo Derek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. So, you know, props to uh, Carol King. She just had a birthday a couple of months ago. How old is she? How old is she? Let's give her a She's 81. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. She's 81. For some reason, I thought we were closer. In age to her. I don't know why. I thought she was like 60-ish. And, and that cat that's on the cover of Tapestry, his name is uh, Telemachus. Telemachus. She has responded to a lot of people on social media now because now people have been talking about her album since it's turned 50 and people have been asking her, what was the name of that cat that's on that, <laughs> uh, that's on that album cover? Um, that, that that album, oh my goodness, yeah. But yeah, Songs in the Key of Life, that was Stevie Wonder at his pinnacle. That was the yeah, best totally. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, totally was, at his pinnacle. But I'll tell you this, before we take a break, it was fascinating to talk to other people about like their albums and you're just like, whoa, that's right. Like um, Steely Dan, like Robin with a Y weighed in and she was like, oh, I think my favorite album is uh, Aja by Steely Dan. And I'm like, oh, yeah. How could I forget about that? You know, I mean, there's just been so much good music from really yeah. from about 55, I would say, till about 92. There was just incredible music. I mean, it was creative music. Creativity was just unbelievable because, and then it just seemed like 
the original stuff was all done. Well, I swore that I will not be the old man who says, my music was better in my day. I won't do that. I'll just say that the music now is different and it doesn't resonate with people our age and our generation. And that's okay, really. Well, that's the really interesting okay. thing about music is like, if you listen to, like I listen to like, 60s or 70s or 80s on Sirius Radio. I listen to just the music. And every song that comes up transports me to where I was when I first heard that song. Like I literally just, I, you know, a Total Eclipse of the Heart. I remember yeah. where I was in 83 when I first oh, yeah. heard that. I mean, it just brings me there. I remember I remember going to see Saturday Night Fever, you know, waiting to, for, the, for the clubs to start to relax on you know, on checking IDs and you can get in the clubs by going in the exit and stuff. <laughs> but you know what though? It's gonna be that way for the younger generation. They're gonna look back 20 years from now and the songs now that we don't pay attention to, they're, it's really gonna hit home for them. Well, I'll tell you what, my, my nephew, my nephew's um, 32 or 33 this year, he's 33 and he talks about Blink-182 and F-A-I, A-F-I. I don't even know what that is. And he says he hears a song and he remembers high school and it's doing it. You're exactly oh, yeah. Music has a way of transporting you. You know, I mean, like it's like when I hear that I you know, lost my virginity too, I'm right back there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get you a song like that, Paco. <laughs> It'd be Todd Rundgren, bang on the drum all day. All right, so. <laughs> bang on the drum, bang let's it go on to, the drum. Let's go to a break. Right. And we'll be back in two minutes. TV to the pros, sign out for a couple of minutes. We'll be right back, folks. Right back. Is your small business, company, or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California. Many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country. He represents individuals who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers, as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire. Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law. He represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted. There have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court, realized they have to face Paul Sorrentino, and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by Paul Sorrentino. Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900. And rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And we're back. 
with JV to the Pros, Season 3, Episode 14. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man of Broadcasting Ramsey. Corey, I just got some breaking news. Uh, producer Karen um, actually just came back against her will. She came home and um, she has to now spend the night with the man she'd least likely want to spend the night with. Um, but he, here's the deal. She said that um, this Johnson & Johnson shot that you got, Paco, um, apparently you can't just go start a Pfizer or Moderna. It doesn't work that way. You actually have to go to a physician. And she said, this is not me screwing with you. You have to go to a doctor now. And they have to actually monitor you before you can go and get the vaccine. Now, how long do I have to be monitored for? Well, you got to go to a doctor. Everyone that got the Johnson and Johnson shot has to go to a doctor, and you have okay. to have a doctor figure out what's going on with you before you go. Because if you go right away and get a Pfizer or Moderna shot and start that, it could actually screw you up bad, because then you've got you've got this thing combating two different ways, and you know people have the side effects, kind of flu-like symptoms. Right. Okay. If you have two different flus at the same time, you could end up with a variant of pneumonia. And, you know, I mean, it could kill you. Like, you could all of a sudden be struggling to breathe. You know, like, this is not like sci-fi stuff. This is real. So you need to see a doctor. Let them know you got the Johnson & Johnson. Um, and then you also need to do a little bit of homework and read up on what they're saying, how to go about it. But do not just go get the Moderna or the Pfizer because you'll be, you'll be screwed most likely because this, this Johnson and Johnson is really backfiring. So I don't mean to go off track. I know we got a truth is alien to do. No, no, but, but, you, no, no, but no. I'm actually glad that you brought that up, Jack, because uh, they lightly touched upon it that Saturday when I went to go get it. And then I remember when they broke the news yesterday, I'm thinking like, Oh Christ. No. I mean, then you mentioned it to me that, I saw the banner on CNN.com. It says North Carolina halting uh, Johnson Johnson vaccine. I'm thinking like, uh oh, you know. But then someone, but they pointed out to me, yes. So not just the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, but you can't mix and match any of the other vaccines out there. So that includes Pfizer or Moderna, for that matter. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a crappy reaction to the Moderna, and I thought, I thought. I'll just do the Pfizer for the second check because I thought they were the same shot. And they said, no, they're slightly different. And if you mix them, you could actually really do some harm to your system. But I mean, I had the chills and sweats for a couple of days and I thought I was fine. Karen's the one that had the COVID. I was fine. <laughs> and now, and now I'm like being punished, you know, I mean, I know she's not fond of me, but you know, this was mean. <laughs> So the moral of the story is um, go in and see a doctor ASAP. Yes. PDQ ASAP. I'll schedule yeah. an appointment then. Yeah. Get, get, get one of those guys that, um, you know, has one of those, you know, scales for trucks in their office. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to back up to, to it say, too? Do I have to like... I don't stand on the one with the little weights. You know, Jack, I'm not as heavy as you think. You don't want to waste their time. <laughs> all, right, so, all right, so here it is. We disclosed our weight. What's your weight? I'm about 287. And what's the other leg? 
<laughs> You're terrible, Jack. You know that? But you know what? I'm the only guy that can put up with you. I can, but yeah. No, the yeah, biggest okay. I've ever been was 330, and that was that was way too much. And that's why I, I, I'll tell you what, when you when you were 330, I was embarrassed because when we would go to like a buffet and they would just start putting the clothes sign out when we got out of the car. <laughs> like, Full disclosure, oh, we've never been to a buffet too. with Jack. <laughs> oh, you can eat shrimp. Oh no. And how how tall are you? About five ten. No, I'm not five foot five. I'm not Tom Cruise. You're five five, no matter how you look at you. <laughs> I'm five ten. How tall are you? Ten. So what did the doctor say that your weight should be? My BMI should be at least no, no, no not BMI. I'm getting that confused. I should be at least yeah, at least should be two hundred pounds. Rocco, you should be two hundred pounds after the first round of dieting. Yeah. At 5'10", you said 200? Height, you should not be 200 pounds. So what? Not at 5'10". No, no, no. He should be about 185, 187. Yeah. He should be 200 pounds. But he's... What are you now, Paco? You're, you're three what? No, I was 330. Now I'm 287. I mean, the good thing about being 330 is you learn to drive on two wheels. You know, you ever seen oh, History oh, of the World Part 1? Get off the fat jokes! Get off fat! Get off fat! Uh, get off fat! Get off fat! <laughs> All right. scale and the thing goes one, please. <laughs> All right, hey Paco, Paco, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any weight jokes, okay? Oh, okay. Okay, that's that's a lie. All right. <laughs> I can make. Can I make a? Uh, can I make car bomb jokes? I mean, you're Italian, no, no. right? You, you, you guys hear that? Can you guys hear that? Can you hear that, Corey? No, not now. I heard it earlier. It's the sound of Paco's arteries closing. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I knew there was something coming. <laughs> all right, let's just. All right, I'm gonna cue the flying saucer music. Get that tinfoil hat ready. <laughs> All right, get your hat on. Let's go some truth to the alien. Let's get Yeah, let's do it. It's a nice yeah, hat, Corey. Put it, on, put it over that hat. <laughs> All right. Tinfoil hat is on. I want to first start out by, I want to first start out with the truth is the alien, asking just the two of you a simple question. Are either one of you weirded out by the number 13? I am. Um, you are Paco. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a it's a phobia. I forget what it's called. Paco, look it up. What's the phobia for um, being afraid of the number thirteen? I'll tell you what. Try um, trichodecophobia. Try, try trichodecophobia. Yes. Trichodecophobia. Wow. Fear of the number thirteen. Sorry, right, well, I got. Here's it. the thing. I was I was taught. That the number 13 was unlucky. And in 1983, I completely had no problem with the number 13. And that was because I thought the Jets were going to draft Dan Marino out of Pennsylvania. And he would wear 13. And I thought, we'll be fine. Joe Namath was 12. Dan Marino would be 13. This would be okay. And then they drafted Kenny O'Brien. Anyway, so, um, but... When I saw Dan Marino 
doing really well wearing the number 13, I, I started to realize the only number I'm afraid of is six. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> because of the omen. I still haven't gotten past that movie. So, I you know, my opinion is, is that this fear of the number 13 started as far back as the Code of Hammurabi. You guys heard of that? Wasn't it considered the first set of laws ever written? First set of laws. Really? Well, you yes. Code of Hammurabi. Well, uh, the 13th law was omitted because there were clerical errors. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Then you have, so you had that going on. And then, of course, at the Last Supper. Yeah. How many people sat at the Last Supper? 13 people. Yeah, but one, one, of them, one of them was, one of them was like, had, had been a turncoat. Judas. Judas. Well, you guys both knew that. Both you guys knew that. Apostle. Who read the Bible? You read the Bible. <laughs> yes. In Norse, in Norse mythology, Loki was the 13th guest at the uh, Hall of Valhalla at the God's uh, feast. And there were all kinds of problems when he showed up. That's where this thing started. So... Well, wait a second. Wait a second. What, what? What? Where did it begin to be considered and passed on from generation to generation as unlucky? I think it started with it started with Hammurabi, the Code of Hammurabi, and then you had, of course, um, Norse mythology. Then you also had the Last Supper. So all of this with thirteen. So people started thinking, "Oh, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with that number." Um, Corey, then you go. What's that? No, I was going to mention, uh, well, maybe Friday the 13th. Not Jason. I'm talking about the original Friday the 13th. Yeah, well, the original Friday the 13th, um, I know in 1307, you had um, hundreds of the Knights Templar. They were rounded up by King Philip and eventually put to death. And that was on Friday the 13th, uh, October 13th. 1307 to be exact. So that's when, so you had all of that and then people started associating things with the number 13. You know, the first uh, daredevil in this country, his name was uh, Sam Patch. Uh, he died on Friday the 13th. He was doing a stunt and died on the Genesee River. They found him four days later. I got a conspiracy now, for you, Corey. Now, well, I'm going to get to that. Now, there are some other things that happen on, on Friday the 13th that I will rattle off with you guys. So, of course, you have the Knights Templar. You also um, had uh, a guy by the name of Nathan Bedford Forrest. He was say, say that name again. Mama named me after the great Civil War hero, General Nathan Bedford Forrest. She said we was related to him in some way, and what he did was... He was the Grand Wizard, the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. He was born on Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. 1821, Friday the 13th. Bad luck. 
Now, what are some other things that happened? Well, you had in 1940, you had the bombing of Buckingham Palace. You had uh, the on the same day, Friday the 13th, you had the murder of Kitty Genovese. Are you familiar with that uh, that murder, Jack? That happened in New York. Kitty I am Genovese. not. I am not. Genovese. What year? What year was that? 1940. I was wondering if you heard of it. This was the case where she was stabbed and killed while people were uh, watching. Wow! No, no, no! Talk, talk to me. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised you never heard of it. Paco, you know it? Yeah. Um, can I can I take your thunder, Corey? No, no, no. Just no. Don't okay. steal his thunder, but you know, do you know the the framework of this story? I'm familiar with the framework, but I'm more familiar with what came out came out of it. So she was. I don't. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, Jack, look it up. Uh, she was killed on that day. Um, a lot of people were watching. You had the deadly cyclone in 1970 in Bangladesh. Three thousand people were killed. You had a disappearance of the Chilean Air Force plane in 1972. You had the, uh, I'm sorry, and also on the same day, you had the crash you had a, of a um, Costa Concorde cruise ship. Not the same day, I apologize, but in 20, 2012, 30 people died there. Same day as that, you had the, a Russian plane go down. Wait, what, was, what was the cruise ship? That was Costa Concordia cruise ship in 2012. That happened on Friday the 13th. 2012. Now, so is, that the one, is that the one in Italy? In Italy? Is that the cruise ship that, that went that went um, um, that went belly up? Yeah. Yeah, it hit a reef. I mean, let me, let me, and he, apparently he had some, he had some pretty passenger up there in the, in the captain's mast with him, and he was trying to impress her. And um, some suspect he might have let her drive. <laughs> Didn't go so well. And and that was his name was Scatino, right? I'm not sure of his other guy's name. Let me let me tell you something interesting. You know what year that was? 2012. Okay. My father's mother, my grandmother, her maiden name was Scatino. And when mm. this my whole family was a buzz. And apparently this was the nephew of one of my grandmother's family. And he was kind of a jerk. And um mm. And he was very much a womanizer. And they were not surprised that he had a beautiful girl up there in the uh, up there. And then uh, it ran aground and toppled over, right? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, you can see pictures of it on, online. Yeah, about 10 years ago. Yeah, that yeah. was Scatino. And that's my grandmother's maiden name. And it was her family, that, that, that captain. Um, yeah, so that's strange. Yeah, and you know, um, in uh, 1996, Tupac was killed on Friday the 13th. Really? Yes. Wow. 
Yeah. I got one for you. No, I didn't. Yeah, we're ready. Go ahead. All right. In what year was the Federal Reserve established? I do not know. 1913. Really? See, because the number 13 is also very prevalent, as well as 33 in uh, Masonic symbology. See, now that's that's interesting. That is interesting, yeah. Okay, that's good. Now, here's some real tinfoil stuff for you. This happened on... uh, Happened in 2010 in, in Britain. Talk about the number 13. If I was this kid, I would be scared. This kid survived. 13-year-old British boy, he was watching an air show. He was struck by uh, lightning, of course, on Friday the 13th. And the time, military time, was 1313. Whoa! So 1:13. Can't make this stuff up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And did you know that 80% of the high-rise buildings in this country do not have a 13th floor? They certainly don't in Vegas. That's uh, all throughout the country. Most of them don't have a 13th floor. So is there power in the number 13? Is there something supernatural about it? You don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. I think I think people put it in their mind, convince themselves, become prejudiced against something like that. Because if that's if 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 it truly were bad luck, again, you got that quarterback out of Miami, pretty good. And you got Odell Beckham, pretty good. You got you got athletes that wear number 13 regularly. A-Rod wore 13 because obviously he wasn't going to join the Yankees and wear number three. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking of it in, in ways. Um, we got a guy on our team that insisted on wearing number 13 and the manager gave him that uniform. So I don't know. Um, I mean, how do you, you know? Feel, do you, are you afraid? Do you avoid when you pick your lottery numbers? Do you avoid the number 13? No. Um because even though I, I like to wear tinfoil hats, not on this one, um, because the number 13 was always going to get a raw deal because the number 12 was considered by many people in the past the perfect number. And that's why if you look throughout history, number 12 is also all over the place. 12 tribes in Israel. Uh, 12 days of Christmas, 12 apostles, 12 Olympic gods in the Greek pantheon. 12 angry men. love the number 12. So 13 13 was always going to get a raw deal no matter what. Well, you know, that's that's mine and Karen's number is 12. We actually met at a a show called The 12, and I put her in my phone immediately on speed dial just – by coincidence, I put it, I put it in my phone as number twelve, and for some reason, and it could be just us, you know, but we 
when we have anything like several several of our cars have 12 on the license plate and uh, that might be a coincidence i don't know i mean but 12 seems to do us right you know what i i will say and uh just because i think of these kinds of things i think of weird things truth is alien i i would say that the best years of my life have always fallen on odd years when i think back and reflect back on my life my favorite years have always been have always fall, fallen on odd years like i think back to like 1987 oh great year for me 1989 great year 1991, 95, 1975, you know, it's one. Now, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting about that. Um, most people, unless you're a wine connoisseur, most people would not know that grapes mature every other year. So if you get a bottle of wine and an odd year, the wine will be better than the even year. There you go. See? Yeah. So odd odd number of years are good. Um, Paco will be moving out of his parents' house at 29. And by 31, he'll be back home. <laughs> it always comes down to that. <laughs> when is he leaving home? You know what? We should do a pool. <laughs> We should actually start doing a poll on when he does it, and then you know whoever wins the pot, we should all put in. Well, I, I thought we I thought we had talked about that. I I thought we talked about um, whether or not um, Paco will be moving out. He claims he'll be out by thirty. He says he will be out by thirty. <laughs> yep. Okay. All That's, right. You gotta look every you gotta look every week, every month, because that place is not gonna show up a day before your 29th birthday. It's just not. Right. Right? Right. So you're gonna have to really start looking. I'll help well, you look. Well, I mean, don't set I'll your standards before, too high. Well, one thing I'll say before we wrap up, I'm I'm fairly confident there won't be a girlfriend until you get your own place. That that I will make a big bet on. I'll take all the chips and push them in the middle of the table. Yeah, he's right. I, I agree. I agree. I think that goes hand in hand. Hand in hand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably a good time to move on. Um, so there you have it, people. The number thirteen. Is there something supernatural about it or is it just all in our heads? That you have to decide for yourself. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Bar none the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Bar none can be contacted at 619-952-9414. And that will be the first step 
to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing, so they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV to the Pros sent you. And we are back. JV to the Pros final segment after a really interesting Truth is Alien determining whether or not the number 13 is really unlucky or really in our heads. Corey, nice job. Once again, with your truth is alien. Let's go on for some sports. What do you say? Um, yeah. I would like to, I know we're going to talk a little football and basketball, but I would like to talk about um, San Diego's own Grossmont High School's Joe Musgrove, who ended up getting signed to play for the Padres this year. He is a local guy. His family owns one of those drive up shacks that makes coffee where you drive up get the coffee pay for it go and his family owns that coffee place in alpine which is like at the foothills of the mountains here in san diego and they are doing more business than columbia has coffee beans but joe musgrove so according to the records became the last last team he pitched a no-hitter for the Padres against the Texas Rangers. I, on the other hand, believe the Mets still don't have a no-hitter since Johan, Johan Santana did get credited with pitching a no-hitter, even though the ump blew the call on a ball that hit the inside of the chalk down the left field line, and he called it foul, forcing the batter to have to take another pitch, and then the, the streak continued until Santana got his no-hitter. But the Mets, in actuality, do not actually have a no-hitter. They've been credited with one, but now the Padres are off the hook. It only took them, what did it take them, 52 years, 53 years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it's amazing. Although people don't realize at one point, the Padres did pitch a no-hitter, combining four pitchers for the no-hitter. They did throw a no-no with a combined effort of four pitchers, and that was about 10 years ago. You know, talking about the Padres and everything, um, most Philly fans would disagree with me, but I'm sorry, I'd rather have Manny Machado than Bryce Harper. Oh, yes. I really I really wish Bryce Harper had gone to uh, the Dodgers. Which is and Bryce, and Bryce Harper went to the Phillies thinking he was the missing piece of the puzzle to get a championship. And as soon as he leaves the Nationals to go to the Phillies, the Nationals win the World Series. <laughs> he left because – you know why he left? Because Philadelphia offered more money than Los Angeles. Yeah, but it was it was close. It was It was – it was sofa cushion money. It wasn't a big no, difference. But it was twelve it was twelve million. Twelve million's a lot. Twelve, 12 million, million twelve million over ten years is not really that much. Do it do the math. 
How no, many no, goals? No, Jack, Jack, it was 12 per. 12 per. 12 per year? Yeah. That was the difference. The Dodgers weren't going to offer that. Even though I don't know why with as rich as wait, the wait Dodgers. A second. Are you offering 12 million more per year? Per year is what it averaged out. Maybe not exactly 12. 12 was probably a little bit high, but it was a significant amount to get. I remember those, I remember those negotiations. And I don't yeah, remember, a long time. I don't remember the Dodgers and the Phillies. He really wanted to come. He really wanted to come to California. But the money, he couldn't say no to the Philadelphia money. That so you tell Dodger money was two fifty and and Philly money was three three thirty or whatever it was. I I don't recall exactly what it was at the time what the Dodgers offered, but I do know it was a significant amount because I was listening to the Philly stations and everyone thought that he was coming here. It was all but, and I think Philly increased the offer, and then he was going to come. Uh, now, I know they were courting Machado at the same time, but he chose uh, San Diego. And do you know why? Now, I don't know if this is true or not, um, but reportedly, he didn't like the way his wife was treated in the stands. So that's why he chose San Diego, allegedly. Well, I'm looking at it right now. And it's saying that in uh, 2020, Bryce Harper agreed to a record-breaking 13-year, I knew it was 330, $330 million contract with the Phillies, turned down a last-minute offer from the Dodgers. And um, the Dodgers, um, I'm trying to see what they offered him, but I think it was close. I, I really think that it wasn't, it wasn't, that lopsided um but uh i i I think they turned down the dodgers off he turned it he rejected the dodgers offer and um and the dodgers ended up using the money to get three other players tell you the truth i think the dodgers spent their money more wisely on the three other players oh so do i i'd say it worked out i'd say it worked out fine for them yeah. You know, they ended up winning a World Series. And, you know, look, I think Bryce Harper is a good player, but I don't think he's a great – I don't think he's great. I've been underwhelmed. I'm sorry. I know they love him in Philadelphia. I listen to the sports talk, and they just love him. Oh, yeah, Bryce. And they talk about his on-base percentage and everything. So I'm like, oh, is that what we're doing now? His on-base no, you know percentage. Philly okay. fans are rough. Philly fans are tough. Philly fans are difficult. And when Bryce got there, I don't think he hit a home run until his seventh game. And they were booing him off the field. Yeah, but I'm going to I'm gonna tell you, he gets a pass. From you listen to the Philly stations, this guy gets a pass. He really does. I don't think he's been that productive. Yeah, I don't think he's been that productive either. So, yeah, so... Um, you know, that's my that's my take on that. But, you know, you complaining about Johan Santana is just to me, it's just kind of typical of a New York Jets fan who lives in what if, who lives in what ifs and what could be and what shouldn't be. No, no. Right? You know what? There wasn't a there was, you weren't able to challenge 
calls like that back then. But it was it wasn't even the outside of the foul line. It was the inside of the foul line. And the umpire was standing less than 12 feet from where the ball landed and immediately called it foul because it was curving. But that ball landed on the foul line, fair ball. And that was the end of that no hitter. And, right. and they made Santana continue pitching. And I got to wonder, you know, the forces that were at work, was it an honest mistake? I got to wonder about a little conspiracy there. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm just not going to worry about that. It's in the books. It's a no-hitter. You should be more worried about what your Jets are going to do because you're going to get Zach Wilson. So basically, you've replaced. You're going to replace Sam Darnold with Sam Darnold. That's yeah. what you do. I mean, Sam Darnold 2.0. I wanted Fields. I wanted I wanted Justin Fields. It looks like they're going with Zach. And to tell you the truth, Zach is a statue behind under center. He comes back, plants, and begins looking like he's got a day at the office. He's yes. he's at a BYU, right? Yes. Yeah, and he goes. He doesn't scramble. He just gets back there, counts on his line to keep everybody away while he surveys the field. Fields, on the other hand, is on the move. And he can throw across his body. I like Fields much better. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, they already love him in New York. They're already bracing Wilson. I mean, I think he's there. When Um, Sam Donald showed up and he won his first game against Detroit, putting up, I think, 45 points or something, they held up a sign at at the stadium when he walked on the field the next time, and they called him Sammy the Savior. Well, they haven't called him that since that first game. Yeah. Well, um, and I'll say this. I'll say this because you and I, you and I have gone out for a drink and, and we've talked. And for some reason, I believe had the Jets drafted Brady, we have a way of destroying and dismantling good quarterbacks. We get a good quarterback and we wreck them. If we had gotten Brady... He never would have had the career he had in New England. Hard to say. I mean, again, it's more what ifs. Now, how do you feel? How do you feel about Julian Edelman retiring, and now Gronkowski is trying to woo him to Tampa? Yeah, I mean, um, look, as far as New England goes, the guy, the guy's body. I think for him as a human being, I'm glad to see him retire. He couldn't pass his physical. The guy has just been beat up, so many uh, concussions. I mean, uh, it was time okay. for him to retire. Does he want to go to Tampa, or does he need Look, a reason? They to might. Here's the thing: they might try to talk him into it, but here's the reality of the situation: there's no room for him. Who is he going to displace as a receiver? Well, you know, Edelman was a quarterback in college. Right, but I mean, he hasn't played quarterback in uh, thirteen years. So I, <laughs> I, I was I was on my way to a joke, but okay. <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah, there's a, there's an old guy down there he can replace. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love that, I know. That's your worst nightmare. Is going to number eight, your worst nightmare. Have him show up and let Brady have a clipboard. <laughs> I know. You, you would love that. 
<laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of talk about New England moving up. And so, you know, they're looking for a quarterback. I mean, to me, I say they just take that number one pick. If they want Jimmy Garoppolo, just give them the number one pick. Just give San Francisco the first round draft. Pick. Well, San Francisco said they're not partying with Garoppolo. They're just not going to. They will for a first round draft pick. They said it. They said it. Because remember, the, uh, the 49ers, they have the third pick overall. So they're taking a quarterback. They're number three. So whoever the New York Jets don't take, that is who um, the 49ers. Well, it's, a given that, it's a given that Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. So that's yeah, a done deal. Okay. So the Jets, it's between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I'm hoping for Justin Fields, but it looks like they're settling in for Zach. I, I, I agree with you. Um, right. I'm not happy about it. Um, but I do trust this new coach, um, Salih. I do trust him. I like Joe Douglas. All I can say is, you know, I'm going to just sit back and watch what happens. I don't know. I don't know at my age if I'll be so emotionally invested. In I, I just, I'm realizing there's nothing I can do by yelling and screaming. I well, used to like. I used to like call the Jets office and, and, and give suggestions. <laughs> All right. Here, here's what I will say about uh, Zach Wilson. He can make all the throws. I mean, all of them. I will say that about him. Corey, he can make all the throws. Like if we went to a carnival, he'd win all the stuffed animals. I don't think he can make all the throws if he's pressured. Well, I, I mean, not many quarterbacks can. I mean, so that's the thing. You saw that with Patrick Mahomes. What I'm saying is, is that if they put a line around him, now that you have a better coach, a competent coach, the kid has a chance. He's got a chance. Now, the only thing that makes me leery about him was his competition. He didn't play really good competition. That's the only knock that I have on him. And Trey Lance, because Trey Lance is from North Dakota State. And you have to keep in mind that if he hasn't been tested in college, most of the guys in college aren't good enough to make it in the NFL. Now he's going to be tested against the guys that were not just good enough in college, but they're NFL good. Okay, but you know what the, I think the Jets will do? I think – now that you have a smarter coach, they're going to they're gonna make things easy. If they simplify the offense, you can make it easy for him. So in other words, go to the tight end. You know, um, running backs coming out of the flat. You can't have – like that game that you and I watched with Darnold. His head was on a swivel when he played the Patriots that time. I mean, he had no idea what he was doing. That's when he made the comment, I'm seeing ghosts. I mean, you can't put a young guy out there like that. I agree. So, so I mean, I think the kid has a chance, and I think the 49ers, from everything that I read, they're leaning towards Mac Jones from Alabama. You know, almost everybody out of Alabama, you can't go wrong. That's a machine there. And they just produce NFL players. Yeah, and with Carolina... Um, getting Darnold, they're probably out of the market for a quarterback. So that's why there's all this speculation about the Patriots moving up.
Well, sure. I, I, I got I to tell you a piece of poetic justice. Jamal Adams last year said yeah. that he didn't want to play the Jets and he didn't want to play for Adam Gase at all. So he yeah. takes a trade and goes to Seattle. Gase plays out the season as the coach of the Jets, gets fired, and gets picked up by Seattle as an assistant coach. <laughs> well, he'll be running the offense though, so they won't have to deal with him. I, yeah, but they're gonna uh, they're gonna be passing each other. <laughs> yeah. They won't I have mean, to deal with the table, it's gonna be awkward. <laughs> well, Russell Wilson still wants out of that place. Don't be fooled. He wants out. I think I think Russell Wilson doesn't want out because of the organization. I think he wants out because of the atmosphere once the game is over. I think he wants to be out of that area with his wife and child. I don't think he wants to be in that area. I think that's true too. Yeah. But I mean, but here's the thing. So he, one of his places that he wants to go to is Chicago. I mean, is Chicago that much better than Seattle? I mean, I've been to both cities. I mean, yeah, but he's not going to be living in. He's not going to be living in downtown Chicago. He's going to be living no, in, in the burbs. So, in other words, he won't be living in like Cabrini Green or something. Like that. <laughs> no, he will not. <laughs> he'll be he'll be living where um, uh, Ferris Bueller lived, right? And, yeah, he'll be living. Uh, he'll be living like where the wooded area is, where the Ferraris yeah. are, in the glass uh, garage. Tom Cruise and Risky Business. Yeah, he'll be living he'll be there. Li- he'll be living in a nice spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll be he'll be living he'll be living in a high rise. He'll be in like a ten thousand square foot penthouse. I mean, he'll yeah. be he'll be fine where he goes in Chicago. Not all of Chicago is hell on wheels, but I mean, obviously there are wealthy people doing just fine there, and they are not living with what's on the news. That that's not their neighborhood. Yeah. Well, you know, the other place Wilson wants to go is um, San Francisco, but there's no shot of that. No, no shot. No. And, so, and, and and I think it's a little too close for comfort anyway. I don't think he wants to be right there, you know, right there. I mean, um, uh, who was it? Um, the cornerback with the big mouth played uh, for Seattle. Then he played with uh, Richard Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. So Sherman stayed in the Bay Area because his mom is up there. You know, he oh, wanted to stay close well, to his mom. Well, he's a California kid. He's from right, he wanted to stay up in that area because yeah. his mom, he wanted to stay close to his mom. Yeah. So he actually took less money to go play there, which I get. You know, his mom did him right, took care of him, kept him away from the gang. His mom was, a, you know, did a superior job of raising him. So he's not going to, you know, get too far away from mom. Right. Um, so, so it'll be interesting. What do you what do you think? What do you think your your Patriots are going to do? They're keeping Cam. Um, they're keeping him for now, but I don't think they want him to start. I Neither really do I. I, I don't I, see I it. Think they want Garoppolo. Everything that I and I listen to uh, New England sports talk, they want Garoppolo in the worst way. They just, well, they, they make him in the worst way. You know. <laughs> And I, my attitude is, if you want him that bad, just trade for the guy. Really, you got a love affair with him, just get him. It's not like they don't have the money; they got a load of money going on there. Well, they've spent a lot of it now. I mean, I mean you know, um, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. The draft, uh, April 29th. 
29th. Thursday. I'll be watching it. You and I should you and I should watch that together actually, you know, via via messenger, um, just to kind of see what happens. I I I I don't think there's gonna be a more interesting division than the AFC East. I think with Buffalo, you know, put together the way Buffalo is put together, they are the front runner. Yeah. Patriots are rebuilding. Jets yeah. have got themselves some leadership. I think Miami's the only ones outside looking in. No, I think Miami, they've got a lot of draft picks, though. Yeah, I mean, they got six, six, six or seven. Yeah, it's crazy with the number one picks that they have. So they're – Yeah, they've they're, got a lot of picks. Um, they're in good shape. So, you know, the AFC East is, is, going, to be, is going to be a battle, and uh, Buffalo is being hunted. So they're the hunted now. For right. 20 years, it was New England that was the hunted. Now it's and, uh, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins that division again. Oh, same here. Well, they're the best team in the division. Well, they swept they swept the AFC East last year. Yeah, yeah. they so, swept all six games from everybody. So Buffalo right. Buffalo did not fluke anything last year. No, they're the best team. They have the best quarterback. And talking about mistakes, uh, Josh Allen should have been the number one pick overall. Oh, in hindsight, in hindsight, not even, not even in hindsight, because I never liked Baker Mayfield, and that's who Cleveland took number one. I like, I like Baker. I, I didn't like him. I didn't like him when I saw him with the traffic stop and trying to make a run for it. I thought he was another um, Johnny Football. I thought he was another Manziel, and I thought, okay, here we go again. But um, Baker Mayfield, to me, has shown himself. To not only be a leader, but also a character. I mean, you watch those NFL commercials with him pretending he lives at the stadium. To me, those are funny. I mean, he's well, he's got a sense of humor about himself. Well, that's great. So you have a funny quarterback that can't play all that great. That's he okay. Can, he can that guy can play. And yeah. you know, he turned around, went into Pittsburgh and stuck it to him. Cleveland has oh, been waiting yeah. for decades for that. Well, were you impressed by Pittsburgh? I, I wasn't mean, impressed. Were, when I mean, Pittsburgh was eleven and zero. When Pittsburgh was eleven and zero, I wasn't impressed with them. I right. thought they, they squeaked they three or four of those games. And Roethlisberger now, I mean, come on, you and I could tackle him now. I, I'll tell you what. I pitched on Sunday, and my, my legs are still so sore. It looks like I've had surgery, and uh, and Roethlisberger is not walking a lot better than I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, we'll watch it on the 29th. And uh, by the way, Paco, those are the numbers that are the last numbers you live at home. 29. <laughs> Jack. So, what's our time like? Are we uh, about done? Do we want to? Yeah, do no, movies? you know what? Let's 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 hit let's hit our favorite movies from each decade, from the 60s up. Let's see. Let's just go on that quick, and then we'll sign off. What do you say? Paco, wake up. You want to you wanna do this? Yeah, let's do it. Man. He's so cute when he sleeps. <laughs> Let me get my pillow. I'm going to fall asleep right here. Whoa. Paco, do you want to you do your favorite movies? Yeah, of, let's, uh, let's do uh, let's Each start. decade for 60s, 70s on up? Yeah, so let's You're see. You're on mute, dude. You're on mute. Oh. Take yourself off mute. Can you guys no, hear no. me? Don't teach him how to operate anything. <laughs> okay, can you guys hear me now? He is the technical. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to come off mute. He can hear me. He's playing around. I, I got it. Well, we can hear you now. Okay. We couldn't hear you before. Okay, see, for favorite movies from the 60s, let's see, any James Bond movie would suffice, but my favorite one growing up was You Only Live Twice. That's a good choice. Yeah. That's your 60s. What's your 70s? Let's see. Well, uh, you're going to hate me, Jack. <laughs> it's got to be Star Wars. No, what's your favorite movie of the 70s? Yeah, Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hang on. I got some cardboard here. I'll make myself a, a, a death. I mean, I was just I was just talking about that. That, you know, the special effects. I mean, it, it adds a new low to lame. Anyway, okay, Star Wars. Really? You got Star Wars over Close Encounters? All right. I'm going to skip the 80s because I know what your number one is in the 80s. I know your number one in the 80s is Rocky Three. I got it. So what's your what's – your, um, it's Ghostbusters, right? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a tie with that one and Aliens, actually. What do you mean it's a tie? Okay, okay we got them both. Alien or aliens? Aliens with the Marines. The number two, the number, uh, uh, the People. second one, the sequel. Okay. Yeah. The All right. What do you got in the nineties? Oh, okay, that's easy. Oh, okay. Jurassic Park. All right. I used to watch that when I was. Let me, let, me, let me ask you. Something. Okay. Okay. Jurassic Park, like they they counted, and as soon as they got done to a certain number, they stopped counting. It never occurred to anybody. To just eyeball it and see that there's a lot more dinosaurs, and who keeps leaving the door open? Well, actually, Jack, you rose a very good point. In fact, in the original novel that Michael Crichton wrote, um, that was a problem that they never took into account. And then, because uh, the computer was so, for those who are listening, in the original film, all the dinosaurs are female. However, I did this right, right Corey? I did this. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did this. I did this. You this did is my this. own fault. Yes. Oh, my you created a monster. Okay. It's like, like we got you like Jurassic Park. No, no, I, it's my fault. And I'm sitting there saying, you know what? There were consequences. So go ahead. Don't ask me questions. <laughs> All right. Well, you're gonna hear it. So basically All I asked you is leaving the door open. And you're gonna talk about the novel and Michael Crichton. Yeah, I know. Just move on, please. Hey, but can oh, I talk yeah, about it? Hey, but look, I mean, in terms of look, say who keeps leaving the door open and they get out. Here's the sequel. They got out again. <laughs> well, Jack, it's not that simple. It's not that they didn't leave the door open on purpose. It's just that Dennis Nedry, AKA Wayne Knight from Seinfeld, you know, was being hired by a rival company in order to, you know, shut down the power. Sabotage. Grid. Okay. 2000. 2000. It's gotta you be. You like how I did that, Corey? You like how yes, I did that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, you guys have way too much we, fun with We me. would have been here for about three hours. I know it. I know it. Well, that's what happens when you hire a nerd to be your engineer. But 2000s, <laughs> it has to be... God, that's a tough one. There's so many good ones in that in that decade alone. We'll take it. That's good. All right, what do you got, Jack? No, no, if, if you... I'm going to talk this with him. All right, okay. For the 60s, I got Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Good choice. All right. Now, if you have more, Jack, go ahead. If you have more in the 60s. You know what? That's my favorite movie of the 60s. That's your favorite? Okay. That's my 
favorite movie of the 60s. I've never seen Easy Rider. So um oh, okay. I've never seen Easy Rider. I know I've never seen it. So okay. I gotta see it. I know I gotta see it. Um, you gotta see it. Yeah. 70s, Paco. What movie do you think? Oh, I don't know. It stars a little something guy named uh, Sylvester Stallone. And we're gonna do some Rocky Drop music. Okay, so I got, um, I got, oddly, I got Rocky and Rocky Two because actually Rocky Two is my is my favorite of the Rocky movies. And I got Andy Hall in the seventies. I think oh. Andy Hall. Andy Hall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Andy Hall was a genius film. Producer Karen doesn't like it. She couldn't get halfway through it. She hated it. But she doesn't like Woody Allen. But, See, a lot um, of people don't like Woody Allen. Any, okay. any hole, I think, was just super brilliant. Um, yeah. In the 80s, I got First Blood and Rocky Three. Nice. Okay. Nice. The 90s, I got a movie that you guys probably have never seen. It's called Swingers. I've seen Swingers. My brother, it's like my yeah. favorite, my oh. brother's favorite movie. So it's my favorite movie of the decade over Goodfellas. It's Favreau and Vince Vaughn making their yeah. debut. And it was an independent film that Miramax bought. And it was, to me, again, just brilliantly written and just spectacular. Um, the 2000s, first 10 years of the 2000s, I got Anchorman and Catch Me If You Can. Ooh, I forgot about Catch Me If You Can. You had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> and Piss on you, Jack. From 2010 to 2020, I got The Social Network. Nice. That's my list. That movie's nice. more Not relevant bad. now than Not ever. Bad. Yeah, I think nice. The Social Network was ahead of its time. I don't think people realize yeah. what, what they were stumbling on. And, and you know, uh, I'm going to have to give Butch. I'm going to give Butch Cassidy another uh, uh, another pass. I haven't um, I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, so I'm going to watch that. It's on Amazon Prime, so I'm going to watch it. I'll tell you what, it it stands the test of time. Joe was on again recently, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, and he's thirty ish, and thought it was great. And he's not really into westerns, but it's it's really a well-made film. I mean, you know, just the back and forth between the two of them. Um, yeah, yeah, and Catherine great. Ross, great, yeah. great film. I got great a chemistry. I have a great. So it's meet. funny you mentioned Catherine uh, Catherine Ross uh, because she uh, she made a great movie. One of one of the movies that I love in the '60s, segueing into. Um, the Graduate makes my list uh, for the 60s of movies that I like. Planet of the Apes, Dr. No, North by Northwest, Rosemary's Baby, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner for the 60s for me. Excellent list. 70s. And I told you, I told you the set, the set of Rosemary's Baby built by my grandfather. That's awesome. But, I know. Um, but North by Northwest, you and I you and I still have to watch. I've never seen it. Oh. I think it's the best we talked of about this. movies. I think it's the best. Right, but you and I, you and I talked about this because um, I've seen the birds, but I've never seen North by Northwest. All right. Well, we'll we'll have we'll, uh, we'll yeah. make we'll make film, time. Yeah. Yeah. Film session at the Ramses. Seventies. 
Um, I've rediscovered Rocky. So now that's one of my favorite 70s movies. Rediscovered Boy, it. Love we're going to have that music all over this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Dirty Harry. Wait, Godfather 1 or 2? Godfather 1. Okay. Dirty Harry, and then a very underrated um, movie called Three Days of the Condor. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, my God, movie. I love that movie. Love that movie. I own that movie. Great movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Now, you know, that, that and and the taking of Pelham one, two, three. Oh, yes. yes. Remember that movie? You know, yes. no, I've no, never. Paco, not the John Travolta. Not the John Travolta. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I've never seen the original. I always hear about how it's such a cult classic. You are welcome to come over and watch it. I loved the original. The original is fantastic. You know, but back with. And and I mean Walter Matthau and that whole thing with the cough, oh my God, it's a great movie. That's a, that, and you know what, that movie, um, I watched a piece of it on Turner Broadcasting, uh, classic movies, and because of the fact that it's a period piece and it takes place in real time in the seventies, um, you don't miss what we take for granted with cell phones and stuff now. All the right. technology was the best it can be at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Taking yeah. a Pelham 1, 2, 3 is a great movie. Yeah, I, I hated the remake. Hated the no, remake. No, I, I didn't like the remake either. But Martin Balsam was one of the finest actors in the world for about 15 years. And he's Jordan. in that. Yeah, that's a great movie. That is a great movie. Paco, you would do yourself right as someone who works in the industry. Well, when you're not sleeping... And you would enjoy that movie very much. The 80s. I got Raiders of the Lost Ark. What's this one? Back to the Future. The what was your second one? What was your second one? Uh, Back to the Future. And I have Die Hard, Ferris Bueller, and The Untouchables. Oh, The Untouchables. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about that. I, I actually would watch that with you again. I just really love that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to do that. That's on the list. I remember that. The, okay. the 90s, Silence of the Lambs, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Malcolm X, JFK, and my all-time favorite, L.A. Confidential. The you know what? Forrest, Forrest Gump was, was groundbreaking. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. But I noticed Absolutely. that nobody had Goodfellas on their 90s yeah, list. It just, I mean, I, I like the movie, but I'm kind of like... The movies that I just named for the 90s, I would all watch before I watch Goodfellas. Like if I had a choice. Oh, that's like interesting. These are, these are movies that if you said you could only pick these for this decade, like the 2000s, if you said you could only, if you said to me, you can only have a few, I'm going with Almost Famous, Gladiator, The Departed, Day the Earth Stood Still, Casino Royale. That's the party has your brother. She's on her way out. You all are Whitey Bulger. I mean, that whole thing. I just yeah. watched the special about Whitey Bulger, just a, a remarkable rise to power in, yes. in South Boston. Just incredible story. Almost famous, another good choice. Brought Kate Hudson to stardom, filmed right here in San Diego. Most of right here in San Diego, and yeah. it's one of the few films done here in san diego i didn't work on i <laughs> know uh, how about that huh 
And then 20 and then 2010, I've got Interstellar, Get Out, Prometheus, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Love that one. And the movie that Jack hates the most, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't hate it. I don't hate it the most, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not as big a fan. You know what? Are. Here's a real question: Who hates him more, Jack or David? Oh yeah, David Omen. Yeah, yeah, David Omen's not a fan. <laughs> well, I mean, if Tarantino yeah, so gave him the talk, so you know, <laughs> yeah, we got we, we a party with that dude. All right, so that was a couple of good lists right there. Nice job. Fun nice, stuff. Nice Fun job. Stuff. Oh, by the way, before I forget, um, I was listening to an ad on the radio for AT&T and credit what credit's due for Bago because whoever did the advertising, whoever was in charge must be listening to our show because they did the exact same drop, the same way, same piece, same soundbite that Paco uses when the crowd cheers. And I thought, okay, that can't be, a coincidence that because they were talking about some great deal and how you can get it for the first year and and they used the same sound drop that Paco used. I thought somebody at AT and T advertising is listening to the show, so I want to say hello. We know you're out there. <laughs> so do you know, Paco, do you know, you're being duplicated. Want... It's the highest form. I have highest compliment is to be imitated. Yeah. You know, you know, Jack. I want to hear from that. I'm a stab you girl again. We haven't had yeah. it in a while, and the other one too. Wait, we have to have hold up, guys, guys, guys. On again. I'm hearing something here. I hear um, I sense a presence I have not felt since inauguration. Get him out of here! Get out! Could that be him? Get him out of here! It ah. is. We're gone. That's it. Let's go. Let me sign off before it's too late. JV to the Pros, season three, episode fourteen, is in the books. You can get a hold of us on Facebook at JV to the Pros, all spelled out. Uh, Stitcher. Um, I just found out that many people are listening to our show on iHeartRadio with their Alexa or their their remote device by just saying, "Play JV to the Pros on iHeartRadio," and the most recent episode pops right up. I know my boss over at the uh, one of the limo companies I drive for listens to the show every week by just pulling that up because he's got one of those Alexa things. So iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, JV to the pros all spelled out at Instagram. And you could email us with comments and compliments at JV to the pros at gmail.com. Guys, I would say a great show, except for Paco being asleep for part of it. He's going to be amazed when he listens to the playback. Um, I love the fact that we told him that if he's going to make a bunch of noise, he should hit the mute button. And then when we asked him to join the show, we couldn't figure out a way to get his attention to tell him to take the mute button off. (laughs) And I apologize every time I went back to the well for something interesting from Paco and and Cliff Robertson and, and everything. But he is going to watch Taking a Pelham 123 with me. Corey, you got anything to say before we say goodbye? No, I think it's been uh, another fun show. I appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, shout out to all you folks out there that are listening. Shout out to Rutgers alumni. I hope you're <laughs> listening too. 
shout out. Uh, I have business in LA. I'm going to try to uh, do it. I've been invited to um, uh, sort of a virtual happy hour on the 15th. And if it's all possible that I can do it, I will. But if not, I will certainly make the next one. And I appreciate the invitation. And the 15th on a Thursday. Yes. Okay. All right. Paco. <laughs> okay. Drum roll. I'm going to try it one more. You got anything to say to our, our listeners? Uh, no, nothing. Just want to say good night. Have a great time. We'll see you next there you time. Go. He's got to put the sheets All on right. the bed. And I, and I, yeah, he's got to learn how to, how fitted sheets work. Um, <laughs> we, and, uh, and I want to thank everybody who um, showed up. Corey, Paco, um, producer Karen put together a great, really meaningful, really touching party on uh, Sunday, April 11th for my birthday as I turned in 60. So I appreciate you guys all coming and, and, and Ralph and his uh, wife, who's about 18 years old for showing up and my best friend, Paulie and his wife and his son showed up and any for everybody that showed up. I appreciate you guys making it a really, really nice birthday. So that is season three, episode 14 of JV to the pros. I'm saying good night. You guys say a little good night and we're done. Night, guys. Good night. I'm going to stab you.